Well, hello. I'm Erica Bruce, and this is Lifestyle Listed, a podcast I created for you and me to develop a relationship and discuss things about lifestyle. I am a realtor licensed in Maine, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts, and many of my episodes will be real estate focused, but also other things business and lifestyle related. Listen up. I hope we have a wonderful time together today. Hey everyone, this is Erica Bruce with Lifestyle Listed, and today's guest, Buck from Omnitizing, is going to talk to us about his passions and what he does um, with his actual co-owner and wife, April. She was on in our last episode. Um, Buck, can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you currently do for Omnitizing? Absolutely. So I run all of the creative. Um, we do full spectrum branding. So that entails uh, coming up with the visual identity, uh, doing the research before that to really learn about um, how and where it's going to be used, who it's going to be speaking to, um, what formats uh, it will be most widely used. Um, and then I apply uh, my experience in uh, design and come up with that visual identity, which uh, includes uh, the logo, the typography, the colors associated with it, um, and then the overall layouts that go into all of the other materials. So the website, uh, if you have print materials uh, like cards, brochures, um, signs, signs <laughs> for realtors, um, I've done uh, 48-foot billboards, um, Wow, truck wraps, you name it, uh, everything to, to really you know, extend the brand and meet the audience wherever they are. That's awesome. And in case any of you didn't know, uh, Buck actually did design my recent lifestyle listed logo, which you can see in the upper left-hand corner if you're watching. Um, and he was excellent to work with. It was a very cool process. Speaking of processes, um, what passions or things that you enjoy? How did you get to where you are today? Tell us a little bit about that. So pretty much from um, as far back as I can remember, I loved um, art, drawing, painting, sculpting, you name it. Uh, so I did that pretty much my whole life. Um, and my parents were like, no, you can't go to art school. You have to go to business school. So I went and got a, just an associates in business uh, from UNH and then uh, put myself through a full four-year art program. Um, so it was fine art with a uh, minor in graphic design. So that kind of melded those skills so that it set me up to be a creative director. So I could manage creative people, the creative process and what have you. And then um, my first job was um, starting with digital design back when the, uh, the internet was really just starting to kick off. So that was down in Cambridge, Mass, a little company called Internoted, which uh, got purchased after that. And then I moved on to uh, a branding agency that I worked at for five years and then into um, an experience design agency. So that's where I was able to take all of the things that I have learned and turn it into uh, 
a holistic brand experience. It, so we're not just designing logos, we're designing how you communicate, the strategy behind it, where you communicate, um, and then it has to look beautiful and memorable. But good design actually evokes it just an initial reaction when they're making a decision to come in and choose you. You look very professional. But after that, the experience that they have should be really conveyed through you, the interaction, and then uh, seamless. So no friction points along the way. And that's a, a great brand experience. So that's Excellent. it in a nutshell. <laughs> Um, thank you for telling us about the brand experience. I too am a little artsy fartsy. Um, I definitely didn't go down the whole path of art school and congratulations for doing that for yourself. A lot of people don't. Um, that must've been a very interesting experience. Um, so you talked to us about like basically everything's about the end user and how they experience your brand, not just visually on a card, but how they interact with you in person. Um, I don't want to give away all your secrets, but what is your, what does your process look like when you're working with a client for the people listening? I mean, I have an idea of what your process is, and I know you and April are working on making it even better, but what does that look like for other people when you're working with someone to create that experience? So it, it starts with discovery and uh, you were an anomaly because you answered the questions before I even asked them, which was quite awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's almost like you, you had one of our scripts to go through the, the branding process. So it starts with uh, discovery and that is, you know, just getting to the core of what it is you do as a business. Um, what you love to do, what you hate to do, what you're wasting time on, what frustrates you, um, who your best clients are, um, and then getting a little bit of demographic information on that client. And then we take all the information um, and we're usually, we're talking about roughly 80 to 100 different questions that we typically ask. Um, and then we distill that down into uh, some facts about what this business is and does, where the passions are, what the differentiator is, um, and then what is going to resonate with the audience. And then from there, we start the design process. So excellent. Uh, design isn't just the visual, it's also um, the language surrounding it. Because at the end of the day, uh, design is a container for the meat, which is the content. So if you have bad content and it's really pretty, it'll only get you so far. You have to have both in order for it to really, you know, strike a chord with an audience. It's like being beautiful without a great personality, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's very interesting. And April does a lot of the written content, the words. Yep. Uh, there's a lot that I learned along the way um, to initially um, you had presented me with a few ideas. I know you're process is is changing and evolving all the time um what is your favorite part about the creation process or after you've boiled this down this is how this person's company or person or service wants to show up what's your favorite part making that into the experience the logo the the other items and whatnot actually i'll share i have your page pulled up i'll share it 
so that people can see. Um, so, so we have a few examples here, like luxury picnics, um, Acadia. It's very soft. It's very inviting and warm. Um, it's just, it's beautiful. And it conveys um, that kind of soothing, um, elegant, but simply stated um, emotion is what we're trying to go for there. Uh, the audience is, I think, nine, excuse, 95% female. Um, and the owner came up with this idea to do picnics in Acadia in the park and surrounding areas uh, for events, for um, people who are proposing. So that's where the, the smaller part of the male audience comes in. Yes. And we needed to make something that was uh, extendable into um, what is a wood burned version that's also a cheese cutting board. Um, and it's actually very beautiful. I'm looking at it now. I'm like, wow, that looks, <laughs> that looks great. And then, of course, we suggested um, that Tabitha, the owner, uh, get a professional photographer uh, because everything that she does is about presentation. So the brand had to be neutral to work with um, multiple different color palettes um, and be elegant and make you feel special when you arrive and you see this beautiful spread has been laid out by this company it does so, feel very high-end just looking at the products the cards and even the photo she has on the website yeah they they she really did a good job and, and typically when we do a photo shoot um, one of us goes and does creative direction because we know how and where it should be used and what shots that will kind of work best uh, to get the the visual part out into the world. So that's kind of part of the whole brand package that we do. That's excellent. And then you have other things that are like so much more popping and mm -hmm. exciting and bright. Um, and so these are two totally different things that you've created. Is your, do you have a favorite thing to do when you're creating or does it depend on the design that you are, are making? Um, my favorite part is the um, kind of the dis both the discovery process, like getting to the bottom of what it is uh, people are passionate about, and then distilling that and uh, going into where I get into my creative flow, um, which is my favorite part of design. So that's what I've always loved to do. Um, and with this one, Salon 314. Uh, we captured the essence of the business owner to the point where she was almost in tears about it. <laughs> and she, she, she's brash, she's blonde, she's loud. And so it's her brand. That's wonderful. And it also looks very stunning and beautiful and does evoke a different type of emotion. Yep. And then you have something even more serious here. Also one of my favorite color palettes. Um, mm a law office. So your creation process can go through different facets of what you're, what you're doing. My most favoritist, <laughs> and it, I don't, it's not because I'm a realtor, but it's Black Bear Realty. Um, I'm a, a realtor. So of course I wanted to see the other work that you did. And 
I've seen bear logos, especially when I went to Yosemite uh, mm. for vacation. And this one just blows them all out of the water. Like the colors, the, the orange and the blue, which are complementary colors, right? Yeah. And the black bear with his, you know, shadow. It's just, it's gorgeous. I love it. Yeah, that one was a lot of fun. So this was actually a rebrand project. And they had uh, a black bear logo that was comprised of clip art and a horrible font that was, um, it was rather light, so not very readable on signage. And didn't they, make you feel like a bear, right? <laughs> it, it didn't feel confidence inspiring or, you know, with being a realtor, you want to establish um, a couple of different things and it's approachability, it's trust. Um, and it's a, you know, you're going to really be working close, closely together with your clientele and you want something that when you see the sign out in front of your home for sale, you want it to be like, boom, yeah, this is going to attract the right audience to my house to sell it. Um, and that was kind of the charge that we had at the beginning of the project. Um, and this was also... Uh, a unique case where um, a past client, uh, Chelsea, was acquiring a brokerage with the existing brand. And the only caveat was she had to keep the name and some semblance of the bear logo. Okay. Yeah. So well, we, you guys did an amazing job. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, and you know what's funny is, even though I hired you to help me with my business and other business owners out there, we are still consumers. You're a consumer even. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I'll drive around and I will see some signs for real estate. Cause those are usually the signs that pop up and come down, you know, that we see. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them really aren't uh, very easy to read um, or noticeable um, they'll have a dark background and very light font. You can't really read what it says, or even sometimes they're worn down. Um, so I, I have to say, this is an excellent sign. Um, yeah. yeah. And that comes down to the um, experience that I got working uh, at the agency I was with for almost 15 years. So part of it was accessibility. Uh, so dealing with people who, um, have poor vision or are blind um, and colorblindness, all of those different things kind of come into play when you're designing. So if you make something that's far too delicate, doesn't have the contrast necessary for um, uh, just for seeing it from the right distance, then it kind of fails. So that's really try to put all I never. I never would have even thought of that. But now that you mention it, my father was colorblind and blues and greens and grays. All all very similar. Yeah. Huh. Very interesting. And of course, there's a quite a few of your logos here on the screen. Mm -hmm. Do you immediately jump into designing on the computer or do you like sketch things out first at all? Um, so I actually I usually start by putting together kind of a mood board. Um, and I rarely ever show that or share it with the clients, um, because most of the clients that I've worked with, um, outside of the agency world don't understand it. Um, and I find that it actually 
uh, slows the process down more than benefits the process for them. And what I try to do is just find um, inspirational images that evoke the essence and emotion that we're trying to gather um, with this branding project. And as I do that, I start seeing color and tone and mood. And then I, before I even start designing, the very first thing I do is I start looking for the right font. And that is, it's a task in and of itself. I, I have access to over 20,000 fonts. Um, and they have to be bold enough to read. They have to be unique. Um, they can't be any run of the mill, like, you know, a Times New Roman or Helvetica, or there's just so many fonts that are very boring and stayed. Um, there's another one that's been used on so many logos that it's frightening. It's called Gotham. So I don't use that one. Um, and once I've got the font, then I start thinking in terms of uh, pulling the color in. So I ask typically during the branding process, you know, what, what's your favorite color? Because, um, you know, blue is the color that speaks most to the widest audience. And we can make blue logos all day, but does that really differentiate you? Um, and to the end user, seeing the logo, they just remember, oh, I liked it. It doesn't matter if it's blue or red or orange or green, um, as long as the contrast is there and it evokes some emotion in, in the mark itself. So then I move into the mark and with yours, it was, um, you know, we had the two L's to work with and I was like, there's a lot we can do here. And so I ended up with this kind of, um, what is actually in my mind, I don't think I ever told you this, it's almost like uh, a maze with an end. And because of my experience in buying a house, I was like, I need to know that there's a definitive end to all of this paperwork. So I go on this journey and then the destination is my house. So I was trying to get that into there and make it clever so that it's also, if you stare at it for a while, you're like, oh yeah, that's, those are L's, but it's also, it's got more depth to it than uh, what most people even realize. There's a lot of things um, in it that you can see if you stare at, you can hear me, right? Yep. Okay. I appreciated the process and I came to with an idea of a color or colors that I like, because blue was one of my colors. Mm -hmm. Blue is a really broad word for for a color though, you know? Yeah, there's, there's a million shades of blue. And because you you had such a, uh, a particular fondness for that, like dark, um, it, it has a bit of green in it. Just a tad. <laughs> just a bit. And, but you, you don't see that right off the bat. And so I had fun mixing the colors. I actually went and found the chair that you had referenced. Um, and I sampled it and then played with it for, um, you know, saturation and such. And then I was really happy when uh, you said, you know, there's, I've seen the gold out there so much. I want copper and copper looks so good with blue. It's complimentary. And, but without having the garish um, orange feel to it. 
So it's, it's warm, it's okay. deep, it's kind of like brown, brown and blue or orange and blue are complementary. Yeah. It also goes really great with my hair. There so. you go. <laughs> and I felt like copper is something that uh, everyone, I mean, it's on our state capital, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's older, I feel like. It's got a antique feel, you know? It yeah. even is, it's even beautiful as it gets older and it turns like that weird green color. Yeah, I love the patina. Yeah. Like aged copper. For sure. And p part of your artwork actually inspired me to be like, I want something more than just this blue. <clears throat> and then I was talking with um, my boyfriend, Nick, about it. And we kind of were like, yeah, copper. So that's the other thing uh, April had mentioned is that because you guys are a couple, you're married, right? Mm -hmm. You guys have this extra level of service that you provide, which people don't even see necessarily. And that is working with one another um, cohesively, as opposed to other companies that may have separate people that do different things. It's more of a cohesive process. Yes. Uh, what is that... that like working with your spouse? <laughs> um, it's challenging at times, um, but I would say the majority of the time it's awesome because we have such complementary skill sets and we're able to communicate with each other all day, every day. Whereas when I worked in the agency world, um, the team was distributed um, through either offices or even different areas of the country. So we would have to, you know, convene, talk, get as much as we could in a short amount of time as possible and still try to be cohesive when we were kind of assembling the end product. And I think you can see the difference between what is done with uh, kind of a, a larger team where there's, there's apt to be some disconnect. Um, and there's also, you know, some infighting because before the client ever sees it, uh, <laughs> you know, there are probably 10 different uh, design critiques. So everyone is putting their own bias into the mix where when you're working with a very uh, small team, our bias is with making sure that it works with the end user. Um, and a lot of times we'll even, we put it out there, we did it with yours and get some people, some peers to take a look and give us their unsolicited feedback. <laughs> and um, a lot of times, like I'll have a favorite as I'm designing and my favorite is not just because um, I designed it, but I think it's going to be the most effective um, for being used across all these different platforms. And a lot of the time, that is the one that will also resonate uh, with the, uh, the people who ask to give us uh, input. I think I did ask you which one was your favorite, right? Yes, you did. Do many people do that? Yes, almost uh, every single client because they're, you know, they hire us for our expertise and they're like, you know, which one do you like? And then I always come up with um, the rationale for liking it. Um, and when I'm designing, I throw out probably 75% of my work. Wow. 
because that's part of the process. So I'll come to something like, oh, this looks great, but does it meet the criteria? Uh, will it speak to this audience? Because if, you know, uh, a man of a certain age likes it, but it's geared toward women, <laughs> it doesn't matter if I like it. Um, so with that, I also, I bounce my concepts off April as I'm designing and she'll be like, oh, that is the one. And I'm like, really? I don't like that one, but do you think it's good? Then she explains why she likes it. Um, and then when we put it out to pasture uh, for you know, some voting, it is typically in lockstep with what April um, suggested. So April has a, um, uh, I don't know. She has like a feel to her, like she can feel people out, you know? That is one of her uh, blessings. Uh, sometimes it's a curse. <laughs> um, she resonates or uh, kind of echoes the, um, the vibe of people without even wanting to do so. Or realizing it maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, she realizes it. <laughs> um, so that was one of the things is like, you can go on Etsy and look and they have, you know, interesting designs, but the difference between doing that and working with you is, um, well, you take into consideration your knowledge and how it's being used in the end design. For example, the, um, like the cheese platter or whatever that, you know, or uh, is it going to look good on a um, a billboard? That mm -hmm. is uh, one of the big differences. Because you can go on Etsy all day long and look at logos and be like, oh, I like that one. <clears throat> but it's, uh, it's use case scenario. Is that what you call it? Yep. Yeah. So the other thing with the, uh, any pre-made logo is it doesn't necessarily have the kind of the muscle behind it. It it doesn't take into consideration the brand ecosystem that it lives in. So when you look at it, you're like, oh, that's really attractive. And a lot of those logos are beautiful. But do they do they serve what you do? Do they convey uh, all of the um, kind of nuances to your service? Uh, do they give you a color palette alongside that it's going to extend through all of your materials or is it you know it's just this one thing and then you try to design the rest of what you do around a logo that you bought and the other thing is anybody can buy that logo so you you might be out there and see your logo on three other businesses uh, that are very similar in nature to what your service is. I have seen that before, um, and that's very true. It's not custom. It's it may look nice, but it can be <clears throat> belong to multiple people. Right. It's like stock photography versus a custom shoot. That's a great way to put it. I like the way you put that. Um. So, what is a, a last you know comment maybe from you is um. When, what would you, what would you suggest someone consider when they're developing their brand identity or thinking about it, um, <clears throat> what they want to do with their brand? What's the suggestion that you would have for, for anyone? Uh, so start with your end goal and a lot of the, 
the clients we serve are successful. They've reached a certain point in their business, but they're not getting unstuck from that uh, invisible ceiling that they've run up against. And when they're thinking of like, you know, where do I go? How do I get into this next level to start scaling my business to where I want it to be? Um, that is where we come in. And so you think of branding as just your visual identity. Uh, it's uh, a thousand times more than that. It, it's aligning what it is that you love and love to do, eliminating what you don't want to do, um, and getting really focused in on this, what, what is your own personal uh, niche. So you want to go after you know, a certain kind of client and you need to speak to them, meet them where they are, uh, have the same language uh, in all of your communications and then market the heck out of it so that you're hitting them on multiple touch points. And when it comes time for them to make a decision, the conversion, uh, you are heads above all of the other competitors who might be just trying to use a really wide shotgun blast to get as many clients as they can, um, which is a nightmare because you don't get the right clients and you do the things you don't want to do. So that's basically what you should be considering um, if you are looking to hire a company uh, such as ours is I want to really formulate my goals and then we reverse engineer how to get you there. And do all companies do that? Because you've worked for other companies before. They, is that a part of the process for um, a design company? Um, when I've been working with, uh, you know, conglomerates, it's usually a disruptor came in or their competitors uh, invested heavily in branding. And uh -huh. theirs is old, no longer really, you know, suits the market because the markets are always changing and the other thing is with a brand once you have a good brand you can't change it too often right you can't change it nuances right? it very subtly and it's more um around the language the imagery um, because your color palette should really not change either uh, so you see you know like coke has changed its logo so subtly that you you can't tell yeah it has been subtle pepsi as well um, I, it's funny that you mentioned Coke. Coke. I was specifically thinking of them over the years. Um, they just became more modern looking, right? Exactly. More dimensional. That's really awesome. Um, let's see. Well, give us your contact information for anyone who's listening and I'll also post it in the show notes. Sure. So you can reach us by going to omnitizing.com. And uh, both uh, April and my contact information is there. Uh, or you can shoot me an email. It's buck at omnitizing.com. And I always look forward to hearing from people. And we also have a contact form. I hate forms myself, but uh, what we really are moving toward is uh, talking on the phone or via a um, you know, Zoom meeting or what have you. Because you know, communicating via email is good once you're in the project, but we like to talk and really, you know, get to know you, make sure we're a fit before we move forward. 
yeah, the feel, the feel of people that you're working with is really important, especially for myself and clearly for you guys. Um, it is part of my choice as well. Thank you so much for your time and coming on my podcast today. And also thank you, obviously, for the awesome uh, branding that we worked on together. And uh, I can't wait to see what you guys are working on in the future. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, good one. Thanks for being with me. I hope in your near future, there's a happy adventure out there. Anything you need, lifestyle-listed.com. I hope to see you there. Please like and subscribe and share with your friends. Please keep in mind not all states have the same laws revolving sales of real estate. And if you want to send a referral, please send me a text or email 603-717-6237.